Hi there, I'm Diego Villegas, and welcome to the Amplifying Persistence podcast. This podcast serves as a platform for college students to share their stories, navigating through institutions of higher education. Today, we will be talking with Angel Dixon. Angel is a sophomore at Clark Atlanta University, an HBCU which has become her second family. Angel is a driven, passionate, and caring person who will one day work for the NBA. Her college experience has been an incredible and unique one, and with two years left, the sky is the limit. Now, on to my conversation with Angel. Hi, Angel. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good as well. Thank you. Um, do you mind introducing yourself, maybe telling us where you go to school, what you're majoring in, what grade you're in, um, any career goals, anything that you'd like to share with us today? My name is Angel Dixon. I am a sophomore business administration major with a concentration in marketing at the Clark Atlanta University here in Atlanta, Georgia. Cool. Um, what's the big goal for the future? Um, so with me being a marketing student, my end goal is to do, to be a marketing agent for the National Basketball Association. That's the big dream. I love it. Good luck with that. Um, it's a big dream, but it's totally (laughs) achievable. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about what your educational career has been like so far? Um, so I'm only in my second year and it's been, it's been pretty great. And I think that this year, Last semester probably was my best semester since I've been in college, ironically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Have online classes made it easier for you than compared to in-person classes? Um, Actually, no. Online classes made it harder because my spring semester freshman year, we kind of got pushed off campus like everybody else. So we went online. That was difficult for not only me and my peers, but also our professors. And then Last semester was a little bit better. You kind of got used to it, but I also worked two jobs last semester. So it was difficult, but I'm working through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how did you manage two jobs in school at the same time? Um, You just kind of have to believe in yourself. And like every day that you do it, you have to be like, why am I doing this? What's my reason for doing this? And keep that in the back of your mind always. And just know that you're not the only person that's doing this. Sometimes it can be some of your closest friends that are working two and three jobs and going to school too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start off with the college admissions process, right? Can you tell me about your experience applying to college or maybe even specifically applying to Clark Atlanta University? Um, yes. Yeah, so I did not take an SAT or an ACT until my senior year of high school. And when I found out my GPA, I had a 2.5 and I got scared automatically because Clark was my dream school from the time I was like 13 and Clark needed a a 3.0 and I was like, yeah, Clark is not, it's not happening. And once I took the SAT and the ACT and my grade, I mean, my test scores were not that good. I was like, yeah, Clark is a dud. But then I ended up getting accepted into a lot of schools. And second semester, I brought my GPA up to like a 2.7. 
And then by the time I graduated, I ended up being accepted into over 40 schools with over $80,000 in scholarships. Clark was the last school to accept me. They're the only school that didn't give me a scholarship. And Clark, the process for Clark was a little bit different because I was in, I'm able, I have access to a program called Georgia Futures, which means that if you're a student in Georgia, you get to apply to any school in Georgia for free. No application process, like any, no application fee, I'm sorry. So, but through that platform, Clark Atlanta does not have access to it. And I did not find that out until I went to a college fair and they told me. And by the time I found that out, it was already February. And I got so scared and I was like, okay. And the lady in the missions office, she told me to just send her personally all my information. And I did. And I called and called. And I was like, have you guys made a decision? Have you guys made a decision? And it was like, we're still working on it. And I want to say maybe two weeks before signing day at my school, I got accepted to Clark. And I cried, did the whole hoorah. And I was, I was really excited. Yeah, I bet. Congratulations. Um, it, it was quite a journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell me about how you found out about Clark Atlanta University? Okay, so that's also another unique story. So I live and grew up here in Georgia all my life, and I live on like the outer Atlanta part, so I guess you can say. So um, I attend what's called a HBCU, which is a historically black college or university. And as I grew older, I knew that that's what I wanted to attend because I wanted to go to school with people who not only look like me, the professors looked like me, and they had success stories that weren't necessarily like everyone else's because they came from environments like mine. So Clark Atlanta, I ran across on accident, honestly. I tell everybody Clark chose me. I never chose Clark because I was like really into web series on YouTube. <laughs> and I ended up stumbling across one called College Boyfriends put together by some of our alumni. At the time, they were current students. And I found that they went to Clark Atlanta. I said, I have to go there. They are doing so, they like really represented their school very well. And they love Clark and they talk about Clark so well. And I was like, I have to go. This looks like so much fun. And ever since then, I fell in love with Clark. I love that. Yep, that's my story. (laughs) Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more about what an HBCU is? I know you mentioned that it's a historically black college or university. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, so I can say that there aren't a lot of historical black colleges and universities. There's only 107. And if you look at the population of predominantly white institutions, there's way more. And I think that now HBCUs are starting to get our credit a little bit more. But it's still hard and we still have to work a lot harder because everybody says, oh, you go to an HBCU, you get it easier. You're just going because you feel like you're going to be in a bubble. And it's not necessarily that. It's just I want to go to a school with people who understand me and people who I'm not, that's not to say that students at PWIs don't understand me, but I know that I can learn from people who look like me. I can learn stories from like about people who look like me, especially with me going to the Atlanta University Center. There's Clark Atlanta Morehouse and Spelman and Morris Brown. That's a lot of history. Dr. King went to Morehouse. James Weldon Johnson went to Clark Atlanta. I can, I have just so much at my fingertips and it's, it's amazing. I love going to HBCU. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you love the most about attending an HBCU? The family. From the moment I stepped foot on my campus, it was family. Well, not even that. From the moment I got accepted into Clark Atlanta, it was family automatically. It wasn't just my HBCU. It was every HBCU in the country. They all treated me like they had known me for years. And even now, 
if I'm in the airport, if I'm in the grocery store, people say, you go to Clark Atlanta? I went to Morehouse. I went to Spelman. I went to A&T. I went this school and that school. And this is, you gain a whole new family. You gain people who you don't even know. They're so proud of you. And it just, it feels great. Like, I don't think anybody, it's something you can't explain. It's just, it's something you feel. It's so, it's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Have you been able to create a support system among other students? Yes. So my sophomore year of high school, I wrote a student who went to Clark Atlanta and I said, hey, you know, I see your YouTube video of your dorm tour. And I just wanted to know what can I do to be on the right path to get into Clark Atlanta? And I'll never forget. I love her to this day. She told me you're really, really early. She said, just focus, take your SAT, take your ACT and just stay focused. And I believe you can get into Clark. And when I got into Clark, she was the first person I told she literally was proud of me and we had never even met and when I got to campus she was one of the first people I met and that just goes to show you that at my university when I got accepted as a freshman she was a senior so she was leaving but she still calls me she still texts me everybody that was older than me they still be like hey if you need anything oh I've taken that class here's how that professor is these are classes you need to take and even my peers in my class of 23, they are amazing too. I get to talk to them all the time, even though now we're online. We talk to each other, we support each other. It's just all family, no matter, this family carries you for your life, no matter where you go in life, you know, that you always have your HBCU family. That's great. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> um, are you part of any student organizations at school? Um, so I'm a part of a couple of different organizations on campus. I'm a, on our campus, we have state clubs, which is like Georgia State Club and Florida Club and things like that. So I'm a part of Georgia Club. We have, when you come in, you have your orientation guides who on our campus are the OGs because they're all older than us. You have to be a sophomore and above to become an OG. So those are some of the first people you meet that become like your mentors and things like that. And really, we have an organization fair each semester so you can choose which organization you want. There's a little bit of something for everybody. We have poetry clubs and um, business clubs, entrepreneurship clubs, whatever you can think of, we probably have, or you can, you also have the opportunity as a student to charter your own organization. So I think that's cool, that's fun. <laughs> cool. Um, are you an OG or do you ever plan to be an OG in the future? Um, I'm currently not an OG. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you'd be really great at it. That's if you ever choose to be an OG, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of opportunities that come with it, too. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd be able to be like those students who support you and um, offer that same support to other students, too. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really great. Can you tell me about how the academic side of school has been like for you? Okay, so I am in the business program, which means that I am probably in the biggest school on my campus. Like, they call us B-School. We have to be on our P's and Q's all the time. Literally, when we first started, um, we have something called Freshman Seminar, which is a class where everybody in the class is a freshman just like you. You dress up every Thursday or Tuesday, depending on what class you take. In, in Oxford or polo, dress shoes, and dress slacks or pants. And I have the most pressure on me at Clark Atlanta University, being that I am a B-School student. We are 
held to a higher standard, which means that academically, I have to be on top of everything. And I think that right now I'm holding up pretty well. It's hard some days, but it feels good to know that a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers are business students also. And that if I need anything, I can call them or I can talk to them. And so many of my professors from B-School have given me their personal cell phone numbers from when you get out of their classes, you can still call them and talk to them for opportunities. I've met so many people, like two, I want to say one or two of my professors freshman year were like active, wealthy men, like, and they give us free um, advice and all that. And it is, it's great. I wouldn't trade being a business student for anything. And it's what I want to do in life. I think that it's, it's going well. <laughs> I hope that it gets better, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Apart from the peer-to-peer support, have you also received support from your professors or the school in general? Yep. Um, my favorite professor ever at our university, and he is a world-renowned author, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. He is the best. Everybody on campus who aren't even business students know him. He has provided us with so many opportunities to talk to um, investors and realtors and so many different people. And he's very supportive. I had plenty of my professors like check in with me, especially when the pandemic first started. Like, hey, are you guys okay? Do you guys need anything? Um, and just working with us and our work schedules and our mental health and things like that. And my university is just very supportive, especially because we're kind of like, we're not a huge school, we're kind of smaller. So everybody knows everybody. And even down to our president, you can see him sometimes just walking around campus like, hey, how y'all doing? And it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel like for the most part, your teachers want to see you succeed? Yes. Um, they're very heavy on you have to work hard to get what you want in this world. They're very influential people. They let us know their successes and failures. They're very open about it. Any questions that we have, you can come ask them. So that that's the great part about it because everybody will tell you their success story, but not a lot of people will tell you their failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. You also work at the same time as you're studying, right? Yep. How do you manage to do both and still succeed? Um, it's been something I had to get used to because I came in freshman year working. I actually work on campus too. I work in the bookstore. So it's been, so it's like, I had to get used to it, but my manager in the bookstore, and that's like another part of my extended family, they're very supportive. She works around my class schedule. She, anything I need, if we need to come in there and study, She'll let us study if we need to. I've literally, some of my coworkers have literally came in her office to take a nap. And she's been amazing. And it just feels good to know that I have a job that works around my schedule. And even when I, because my freshman, no, my sophomore year, fall semester, I had another job outside of that. So I worked at the bookstore during the day and I did a call center at night. That was stressful, having two jobs because I would come home do my homework, and by the time I do my homework and eat, it was time for me to go to work. That was really stressful. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't. But it also motivated me, and I had my best semester by far at Clark Atlanta. So it pushed me, but I learned how to balance it. Mm-hmm. How did your schedule look like when you had to do school and had two jobs on top of that? I think I had about 
four, 15 credit hours, I think. So it was about four or five classes. So I was, I was a full load. <laughs> I'm a full-time student. So yeah, that was crazy. But I did it. <laughs> I At first, I was like, I do not know how I'm going to do this. But one of my friends was basically doing the same thing. So I was able to talk to her about it. And we would, if we needed to, like, hey, you got to stay up and do this project, stay up and do this homework. It was just really supportive. Yeah. So. Do you wish you did things differently or is there anything that you wish you did differently? Um, sometimes I wish that freshman year I didn't come in working because I missed out on a lot of opportunities that way. Because at our school, we have something called freshman. It's basically like a freshman week where you, for a whole week, you um, go sit in seminars and things like that. I missed out on a lot of that, which means that I missed out on meeting a lot of people. Like a lot of my classmates only knew me from coming in my job, which that was kind of like, oh, it's kind of sad. But <laughs> and, it, and it paid off. But yeah, that's that's my one thing that I just wish I would have did a little bit differently. Got in my classes and like got to work a little bit later. But I don't regret it. It's just something that I learned from. And then now I tell people like, hey, if you're going to work, make sure that your job works around your schedule. Mm-hmm. Were your professors understanding if you had to miss a deadline or get an extension because you were working? Um, I tried not to put myself in that predicament. I tried to just, if I needed to, get my work done early and things like that. But I tried not to put myself in that predicament because I didn't want you know, any favoritism from professors because I worked. That That's real life. Everybody works. Everybody has a job. So I tried to put myself in predicaments where it was like, okay, you do the work first. School comes first before anything. So I made sure I had I held my end. And so I didn't have to ask them for anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure you put on yourself. <laughs> it is. I know freshman year, a couple times, I'm not going to lie to you. I want to say like the third week of school, I came to my room one day and nobody knows this. So I'm giving you exclusive. I came to my room one day and I just started crying. I was so overwhelmed. And my roommate, she was like, um, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it was just, it was a lot. But as I progressed, I was like, okay, you can do this. And, you know, you can keep going. And my mom has always been a big support. But I'm not going to lie. I have my days where I'm like, am I crazy for doing all of this? But then I realized why I'm here and what I'm doing everything for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you touched upon mental health. Can you tell us about how your college experience has impacted your mental health? Um, some days, it's, some days I have my days, and I'm not gonna lie. I am. I come from. Uh, I am a student who suffers from depression and a little bit of anxiety, and I had my first panic attack ever when I was in college, and my freshman year. And I also I come from a single parent home with a disabled parent, and my my father passed away when I was like 13. So. I deal with a lot of um, depression. I get inside my own head a lot. But, yeah, my school is very supportive about that. They're very supportive about taking self-care days. And they're also, when we were on campus, which is like my freshman year, they had a whole entire mental health conference. So we're very open about the mental health, and we talk about it a lot. But, I mean, everybody has their bad days. Every day is not going to be a good day. But I try to make it good days. I try to tell myself, you know, hey, there's 
millions of other kids who are in college just like you, even though their situation may not be the same. You just have to keep pushing through every day. It just makes my makes me go a little bit harder knowing that my situation is a little bit more unique. Yeah. Do you feel like your school or your peers offer you the support that you need? Um, yeah, I think so. I just know that um, sometimes my school can be a little hard on my students because I'm not going to tell you, like, coming to college for me was super hard, like, super easy, especially because, like I said, I come from a single parent home. And the first thing that's always, like, on my mind is my mom. She's, like, my, my rock. Especially because when I came into Clark, I came in with no scholarship. And if you know anything about Clark, you know that my tuition is very expensive. But I made it my way to work through school if I had to work two or three, or one or two jobs to go to school. And I'm always looking for scholarships, always looking for grants, things like that. I make it work. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you've had the adequate support when looking for these scholarships or opportunities? Um, yes, I probably they're getting a lot better with that because this week alone I probably got emails about six different scholarships from my school. So they're getting a lot better. It's just the school based scholarships, it's kinda hard to get those because they always say, Oh, we ran out and we've done this and we've done that and some of my friends are like, You have to keep pushing them, you have to and yeah. But I know that if I need to, I can talk to like some of the older students about scholarships from like UNCF, which is the United Negro College Fund, which is scholarships that are usually typically for students of color. So I, I'm actively looking at all the time. That's great. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about the impact that COVID has had on your college experience? Um, yes. So COVID has been the greatest restriction on me being in college. I have not had a full semester on campus yet. And because I'm a sophomore this semester, I didn't actually get to go back to campus. Only freshmen and seniors and transfer students were allowed back on campus. So I go to work almost every day on campus, but I don't get to stay on campus like everybody else. And by the time I return back to campus, I'll be a junior so, like, a lot of my friends have gotten apartments and things like that, so they won't be on campus. And it just made my classes a lot more difficult because I feel like I didn't sign up for online classes. So it, it just makes it a lot harder, especially with a lot of my professors being older and setting their ways. They don't really want to communicate or change the way they do things. I've had one professor refuse to put our assignments under assignment tab, so... He would just be giving us assignments and we wouldn't know. Um, so it's been difficult trying to teach them how to nav- navigate through technology and actually like, hey, you know, you have to do this. And they're just like, but I don't want to. So COVID has been interesting to go to school in a pandemic. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I'm not really learning. It's not the professor's fault either. It's just when you're at home, it's so easy to de- get distracted while being on class and it's just yeah it's been interesting Mm -hmm. do you like having your classes online yes and no yes because my schedule is a lot more flexible now but no because of the actual learning process like sometimes like I have one professor who 
I have not seen her all semester. And it's just been like, if we ask questions, like, yeah, you respond. But it's kind of weird just talking to a professor through, like, email. It's like, I want to know, like, who you are. <laughs> it's so weird. And, yeah, but I do like the flexibility of it, kind of, sort of. This semester is not as flexible because they actually made classes mandatory for us, which has been interesting. But, yeah, it's it's difficult. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's like, oh, so fun. No. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, can you tell me about the policy that made classes mandatory for all students and maybe the impact that you've seen it's had? Um, yes. Yeah, so coming online my spring semester, freshman year classes and fall semester, classes were not mandatory. You didn't, but it was mandatory for professors to record their classes and post them on Canvas, which is our like our like our I'm trying to think like Blackboard, Google Classrooms, kind of like that for other college students. Um, but this semester, they have made it mandatory, which means that students who work in two or three jobs to provide for their family now are getting points taken away from them because they won't sit in front of a computer for two hours or an hour. And some of our, we had midterms last week. Some of our midterms were in the middle of the day. And it's like, students are at work. And they're like, oh, well, let your job working around it. And it's that's not how some jobs are. And I, I just feel really bad for the students who can't, like, maneuver because it's like, it's kind of, at this point, it's kind of like, help provide for my family or go sit in front of a computer and listen to a professor just talk. And, yeah, that's been hard. And the student response has not been good, honestly. A lot of students just like, it's not fair, which is not. Yeah. Um, do you feel like if the students were to bring up their concerns – um, would Clark Atlanta listen and take action on the students' needs? Um, I mean, we've talked about it, and our student government is, like, backing the students as far as, like, it's not fair to us. But it's kind of like one of those situations where it's, like, students against administration. So I I really don't know, honestly. And also, like, trying to figure out whether we'll be back in fall or still online. It's, it's a lot that's just, like, in the air, unknown, and, yeah. And all of our classes now, I feel like they're being rushed because we didn't come back to – we left school, like, November, I want to say. We didn't get back to school until February 1st, and we get out on, like, May 9th. This is very rushed. <laughs> like, every day, I'm like – one of my classes, I have four assignments due every single week. And I'm just like, <sighs> okay. I do have four other classes, but okay. It's it's been yeah, it's been difficult trying to fit all of this into smaller semesters. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you appreciate your school doing? Um, yes, the CARES Act. I appreciate that. Uh, because it helped a lot of students out as far as like financially and also the re- like the reduction of tuition helped a lot of students out to being able to pay for tuition now. Or students who wanted to transfer into Clark were able to come now that tuition is a little bit cheaper. And I appreciate them. Just they're trying their best. None of us have been in a global pandemic before. So it's like you're it's only so much you can be upset with them about, you know? But it's like we all learn it as every day goes on. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about the CARES Act? Um, yes, yeah, so it's 
not really my school. It's more so like FAFSA and the government and stuff. But if you were a college student, I want to say we just got it this semester again. But our like March of last year, students were able to receive different amounts of money based upon like your EFC, which is like your family income, basically through FAFSA. So students are able to basically get extra money. And I know that helped out a lot of students as far as like helping their parents pay bills or getting the things that they need, getting to and from work, things like that. So I feel like that was very helpful for a lot of students instead of like hurting them. Or even some students I know they saved it to help pay towards their tuition or help pay off their loans and things like that. So that's basically what it is. Just extra money. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Um, I think it's a very stressful time for students right now financially, um, especially because you have to pay um, for school and then you can't work because you have to go to class because it's mandatory. Yeah, it's, it's really like, what do I do? And then you have some students who, I know some students don't get off until four o'clock in the morning. You get off at four o'clock in the morning, you have class at eight. It's like, or even students who they're in California, we're in an Eastern time zone. So it's like nine o'clock for us is what, six in the morning for California students. And some students I know actually got up and went to class and now that classes are mandatory, they kind of don't have a choice. It's just kind of like, that's not fair, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not fair at all. Um, does your school offer asynchronous classes? Um, so all of our classes are recorded. Like it's mandatory for professors to record their lectures. But it's like even now with the mandatory um, attendance, even though classes are recorded, like you kind of have to go regardless because some professors are actually taking attendance. But I do know like a one or two of my professors asked us how many like hours we work a week. And so some of them are like, oh, we'll only have class one day a week, which that helps. Yeah, it's really good that they're being accommodating. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me about your experience being a black student at an HBCU? Like, what do you love about it? What do you not like about it? If there's anything? Um. So I love that I'm a black student at a school with other black students. But it's also a little bit more difficult because Clark Atlanta, don't get me wrong, in my opinion, we're the best HBCU there is, which let's be real, that's the true opinion. But we go to school in the area with students who go to Morehouse and Spelman, which is the school that everybody knows, those schools that everybody's like very aware. So sometimes I feel like we're put in the shadows, even though now we're getting a lot more recognition. It's just kind of hard because it's like, you know, you have to compete with those students. And sometimes to other people, my HBCU degree, even though it's worth just as much as the next person, sometimes it may may not mean the same as like students who go to like Harvard or Yale. And it's kind of not fair to me. But I I wouldn't trade it for, a world, for the world. Even if I didn't go to my HBCU, I'd be at another one. All my top three schools were HBCUs. So I knew I was going to a historic black college. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Um, In your opinion, what distinguishes an HBCU from other schools? An HBCU is different from other schools because sometimes, like, say for instance, if I was to go to a predominantly white institution, I'd have to join, like, a black student union or something like that to be heard. But it's like, if 
I'm at an HBCU. I have students who look like me. I get to have different conversations, and I get to be myself. I think that's the biggest part of it. I didn't have to alter myself. I didn't have to say, okay, I'm going to college now. I have to dress like this or talk like this to fit in, especially with me being at home. Like, Atlanta is, like, really rich in culture. So, for me, it I go to the best school ever, literally, because I'm at home. I get to be myself. I get to talk how I want, act how I want. And I think that's really what it is going to HBCU for a lot of students is I get to be myself. I don't have to alter myself to be around people who don't look like me, who may not even care about me. And I think that's what it is for a lot of HBCU students is that I didn't want to go to a PWI. I know me personally, I didn't want to go to one because I didn't want to be a number. I didn't want to to put me in a situation where it's like, oh, we have to have this many amount of students who look like her. So let's just accept her because we need her. Or don't just give me a scholarship because I'm black. That's kind of like, okay, I got a scholarship. Yeah, but you're just going to give it to me because I'm black? That's kind of crazy to me. Like, <laughs> even though I still apply for scholarships now because I go to historically black college or university, but it's like, don't put me in a bubble and, you know, I'm just stuck. But at my university, I get to be who I want to be. They support me no matter what. And I think that's like the best part of it. That's great. Um, And I think one of the sad truths is that many students don't realize this until they're at a PWI. And a lot of students, like I know, like a lot of times on social media, PWI students are like, y'all are always talking about HBCUs. My PWI isn't different. And then it's like sometimes when those people graduate, they're like, oh, I wish I had went to an HBCU. And it's like, we're not talking down on you, but at the end of the day, you have to realize that sometimes at your PWI, you're just a number. That's what you were. You you were something that I had to meet a status quo. At an HBCU, I I brought you in because you're family. You look like me. You talk like you may not talk like me, but it is what it is because a lot of a lot of people don't realize that there's different varieties of black people. They think just because you go to HBCU, you go to a party school, you don't study, you do this, you go to football games all day. No, I study. I have studied groups academically. Some HBCUs produce the best lawyers, teachers, and doctors. And entrepreneurs and actors and stuff like that. Like, a lot of people don't know. Some of your favorite actors and actresses went to HBCUs. And it just feels good that, especially now with, like, All-Star Weekend being here, we get a lot of recognition from a lot of different people. And it's like, we're starting to get our foot in the door. And we're getting equal opportunities now. Even though sometimes they're not as equal, we're still getting our opportunities now to prove ourselves. That feels good. Yeah, that's great. How has your school supported you or other students of color in larger movements like Black Lives Matter? Um, so my school has been so supportive. I know some like why everything was going on during the summertime. Some of the cafeteria like staff and all of that, they went out and they marched with certain students. I know that Morehouse and Spelman, one of the young men who went to Morehouse, he was very active in the um Black Lives Matter movement so it was just like it was a time where everybody came together and it was like I know sometimes during the marches people would have on like their college paraphernalia like hey you know I go here and know that there's 106 or 105 other schools who look like where students look like me so this is very important to us and our schools backed us no matter what and they they said hey you know anything you guys need we're here for you and they kept their word. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think it's amazing that HBCUs offer that support to their students. Um, and yeah. What are your goals for the near future? Like, what do you hope to accomplish before you graduate from college? Okay, so what I hope to achieve is I want, I really, really want three internships. I really want it. Well, I'm not going to say I want, I'm going to get, yeah, we're going to speak into this. We're going to get an internship with ESPN, Nike, and the NBA. Those are like my goals because I'm very into sneakers and things like that. That was me and my dad's thing. So outside of wanting to work for the NBA, I want to be an entrepreneur, even though I'm already going. But I really want my own sneaker with Jordan. That's like one of the big goals too. And I want to graduate summa cum laude or cum laude, just like top of the top. I just want to enjoy my time in college also. That's like my big thing. I want to enjoy my enjoy myself and provide opportunities for myself and take advantage of those opportunities because by the time I graduate college I'll only be 21 that's really young so I still have opportunities to do other things that I want to do but right now I just want to take advantage of anything I can whether that's internships academics any of that so yep yeah what are you excited for when you actually get to go back on campus homecoming that's it <laughs> That's the top thing that I'm excited for, homecoming, because when you go to HBCU, homecoming is the biggest thing in the world. Literally, everybody was so sad and hurt when homecoming didn't happen, and a lot of people think that homecoming is one big party, but I got to meet some entrepreneurs during homecoming, some people who graduated from the business school like me. They give you advice. Sometimes they give you money. They give you scholarships. They give you opportunity. It's just, it feels good to sit down and talk to people and see where they are 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Some of them haven't been back to the school since they graduated, but they took time to come back to talk to us or just sit down and just, you know, hey, do you need help with anything? Where's the opportunities I can provide you with? Are you looking for internships? If you are here, I know this person here. I know this person there. I'll tell them about you. So that's my, that's my thing. And this is going to sound crazy, but you will never see as many beautiful black people all together in one space until you get to go to homecoming. And even sometimes people who don't even go to HBCUs, they come to homecoming just to have fun. Homecoming is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not like a regular homecoming. It's not just a football game and everybody goes home. No, it's the football game. It's the step show. It's I think Morehouse had a carnival freshman year. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like so much fun. Apart from homecoming, <laughs> what is the thing that you're going to miss the most once you graduate from Clark Atlanta? Um, what I miss the most is, honestly, probably my classes and my professors. I get so excited getting on, like, now, getting on Zoom. But I used to get so excited going to class and just seeing who I'm going to meet, who I'm going to get to talk to, whose story I'm going to hear. And just because they look like me, it makes it so much better. And it makes it feel like I can do what they did or I can do 10 times what they did. If they did it at 25, I can do it at 23. You know, it just, that's that's what I'm going to miss because once you get out in the world, sometimes you don't have that same motivation. You don't have that same imagination. Sometimes people don't dream anymore. And I think that's what I want to take from it. It's because our school motto is find a way or make one. 
And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned since being at Clark. And that's what I'm going to miss is that motivation every single day to do what I can and even go beyond that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and what are your long-term goals? Um, the biggest goal is by the time I'm 25, I should be a marketing agent for the NBA. If I don't do it by 25, we're going on to the next dream because I don't want to be that person who's 50 and sitting up here like, oh, I need a job. I need, I'm still chasing the dream. It's not that the dream is going to die. It's just, I feel like that's three years after graduation. I can make it work. I know I can. That's the big dream. I want my brand, my clothing brand to be bigger than I've ever imagined. And I just, I want to be a mentor. I want to give back. I want to give scholarships. That's as long as I'm able to make somebody else smile, make somebody else day at least once a day. I think that's the biggest thing that I want to do as a college. That's exciting. Um, and what about 26? Is that like too far off? Or <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not that. It's just, I say 25 just because like 25 is kind of a good age. But if the opportunity comes, it comes. I just don't want to be one of those people who just stuck. And if the opportunity doesn't come, then I give up on everything. I don't want to be one of those people. But if it comes at 26, hey, I'm still here. I'll take the job. <laughs> but yeah, that's just, I just say 25. Yeah, love it. Um, and for a final question, what does college mean to you? College to me, and I'm still learning what college means to me. I'm not going to say I got it all figured out. What college to me means taking a leap of faith, providing opportunities for myself that my parents didn't get. Um, College to me means making myself proud because I did something that a lot of people my age didn't get to do or don't do. Um, college to me just means freedom. I get to do whatever I want to do with my education. I chose what I wanted to go to school for. It's not like high school where they just tell you what you're going to do all four years. It's like, it's what I want to do. It's what I chose to do. I think that's, that's what college is to me. Thank you, and thank you for joining us today. I really love listening to your story. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm.